0: Turn your Bibles to John chapter 10. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 10. We're looking at the I am God who Jesus said, I am the good shepherd in John chapter 10. And we've looked at it from two different angles. Today I want to look at it from a slightly different one before we move on to the next I am statement next week. And this, this idea of being a shepherd, man, what a powerful powerful word picture. It's a a powerful word picture that reveals that we have a profound spiritual problem. And so really you can break down chapter 10 in three ways. First of all, the problem we have. We're all like lost sheep without a shepherd. And that was the first, uh, first lesson that we looked at. Jesus uses it to show us that we're harassed and helpless. We're like sheep without a shepherd. That's what what, what people are. They're sheep without a shepherd. So the question is, have you lost your way? And if you are, God's provided what we need. And what we need is a good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd who always finds his own sheep. And so last week, we looked at eight characteristics of what what a shepherd is, what Jesus is as the good shepherd. We typically just think, and about Jesus as a gentle shepherd, the idea of just loving on his sheep, but really he's a strong and powerful leader in our lives. And you see the eight characteristics that we looked at. He's a submitted leader. He does things God's way. That's why we want to follow him. He's a selective leader. He calls his own sheep. Not all, as we're going to see today, not everyone is one of his sheep. He's a sensitive leader. He knows and he loves his sheep by name. He knows you and what your needs are. He's a saving leader. He calls us to lead us into good pasture, better pasture, into his own sheepfold. He's a safe leader because he goes before us. Jesus never leads you or calls you to do anything or go anywhere that he hasn't first gone. That's a comforting thought. And he's a secure leader. He secures his sheep as we'll see again, from eternal harassment and spiritual helplessness. He's a sacrificial leader and lays down his life for his sheep. And he's a sovereign leader. He rises to reign and he's going to rule with a rod of iron. We forget that rod is the shepherd's rod. David said, your staff and your rod, they comfort me. And so in the Bible, when it says he rules with a rod of iron. That's the shepherd. The gentle shepherd is also a strong leader. So if you've lost your way, Let Jesus lead you. So how did we do last week in following the Good Shepherd? Did we hear His voice? Did we follow after Him? Or did we just kind of set Him aside last Sunday and then we've spent the last six days, seven days, doing our own thing and now we're back here doing our thing here again? Or have we really followed Him? Well, that raises the question, what's the proof that we've been found? And so we're going to look at John 10 And even though the main passage is the last part, verses 22 through 30, let's look at that. It really, the characteristics are from the whole chapter. And here's what I thought, as I thought about this this week. There's as much in this chapter about sheep as there is about the shepherd. Jesus talks about you and I as his sheep as much as he does about himself as the good shepherd. So let's look at it. Uh, John chapter 10, and let's read verses 22 through 30. At the time the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem, it was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So again, like so many of these I am statements, Jesus is in the midst of the capital of Israel. He's publicly teaching. He's publicly proclaiming, saying, look, I am... The I am God. I am who you've been waiting for. I am who you're here supposedly worshiping. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? Now I kind of find that funny, okay? I am the bread of life. And then he feeds over 5,000, you know. I am the light of the world in the midst of the celebration uh, of the Feast of Tabernacles. I mean, you can't get any more obvious. How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Now, we're reminded in what we just read that there's, and this is true all the way throughout the Gospel of John, there's two types of people in the world, believers and unbelievers. There's sheep, and then there's goats. And there's also wolves dressed up like sheep. Okay, I love that picture there you have in your notes. I mean, we forget that. Okay, so not everyone is even a sheep. Some are goats and some are wolves, but not all sheep are even a part of his flock. How do you tell the difference? How do you know which I am? You know, I mean, it's one thing to know about other people, but the bottom line is I need to know about me. How do I know that I am one of his sheep? And that's why you need to listen today. Because there's a lot of people that assume they are his sheep. And they're not. And there's a lot of people that assume that because he's the good, gentle shepherd, that he's just going to make everything right in the end. He'll overlook everything and he'll just kind of accept me on my terms, forgetting that shepherd means master. It's... On his terms, we are it is his flock, and it is his sheep. He is the owner. So we need to listen. Now the answer is quite simple in what we've seen in this chapter in the last two lessons in today's lesson. Look at John 10 verse 3. The answer is very simple. How do I know? How do I know if I'm one of his sheep? Well, look at John 10:3. "To him the gatekeeper opens the sheep, and I'd circle this word, hear his voice. Circle that in your Bibles. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep, what? Follow him. I'd circle that word. They follow him, for they know his voice. I'd circle those words. So you've got three words there. Hear, they hear, they follow, they know. Now look at John 10, 26, at the end of the chapter. So that's the beginning of the chapter. Look at the end of the chapter. what I just read. But you do not, what? Believe, circle that, because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Again, in John 26, you've got three words to circle. Believe, hear, and follow. So when you put John 3, 10.3, and John 10.26 together, it's really quite simple. They hear, they know, they believe, and they follow. His sheep hear, they know and are known, they believe and they follow. They become one flock and follow one shepherd. So he begins and ends with the simple truth. True sheep prove they have been found by following the shepherd. How do I know that I'm one of his lost sheep that has been found? They follow the shepherd. In John ten four, he says this, When he's brought out all his own, he goes before them and his sheep follow him for they know His face, voice. In John ten twenty seven, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. The lost are found, and they follow. Now, that's the proof. So let me show you this video of a shepherd and how the sheep follow His voice. So take a look at this. Now, I have no idea. Maybe it's... it's Language here, those so of you know what language this is. May
1: may, you come, you come, you come, you come, yo come, you come, you come, you come, come, you come, you Neệc yigenci noticeable? Nece 고ç dzieseye kadar yigenci bir kere Şey gerek audio Şey On the hill, on the hill, I'm I'm jump sure i i Amen. Amen.
0: I have no clue what he's saying. So I don't know. So that's just so cool and I love coming out of the mist and they're up there. They're up there, way up there. And I have no idea what naba daba naba naba bunga is, but uh, they knew. And he kept saying the same thing. And boy, they came a running. That's just awesome, awesome reminder. So, it's that's really the word picture that Jesus is presenting. And now let's look at seven characteristics of sheep that come like that. And it's pretty amazing. He's standing out there, and he calls. And only, and this is a characteristic of sheep, those who are his own respond. Those who are part of another flock, those who are goats or those who are wolves or those who are sheep of another flock other than Jesus Christ, they won't come. But the call goes out. Anybody on that hill would have heard that call. But only his sheep respond to the call. So let's look at these seven characteristics. And please, do more than just listen. Look at your own life. Look at your own heart and ask yourself this key question. I know I'm a lost sheep. We're all lost sheep. The question is, have I been found? Have I been found? Are these the characteristics? Are these the proofs? Are these the marks? Because see, they they mark all these sheep. If you notice, all those sheep had a little tag around their neck. And I said earlier, a lot of times they put paint and mark them. These are the marks that Christ puts on his sheep. Are you one of his marked sheep? Number one, true sheep, recognize and relish. Hearing the good shepherd's voice. They recognize it and they relish hearing the good shepherd's voice. We've seen this. They hear their voice. And he says in verse 27, they know his voice. True sheep, now here's how it works. True sheep hear the gospel, preach to them, and they know it's God calling them to his son for salvation. They hear the gospel And no matter whether they hear it on the radio, on a podcast, whether you hear it in a book, some of you I know got saved through written literature. You didn't hear a voice. It was a written voice. It doesn't matter who is speaking it. What matters is when the gospel was heard or read, you said, that's from God. That's God calling me to his son. Now, I didn't say that they understood all that they heard. They know his voice. They don't always understand all. Think back to what you understood when you got saved, and it'll put the it'll scare you into thinking that you may not have really gotten saved. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, how much did you really understand? But that's not the point. You need to understand the basics. Christ, you know, I'm a sinner, God is holy, I'm not. I can't come to God. God came to me. God came to me in a person who is fully God, fully man, who did what I could never do and lived a fully pleasing life. He then offered himself into my place, took my punishment and the punishment for all sinners upon himself. He rose from the dead to prove that what he had done was satisfying to God's wrath. And now he rose and he offers eternal life. Now, that you need to understand. But to really understand all that that meant and all that God was calling you to in Christ, you don't have to understand all of that as much as just know God is calling me. At 17, when the good shepherd called me to himself, I heard his voice in the preaching of his word. And I knew it was God calling me to myself and and calling me to himself. And that's all that mattered. Nothing else mattered. To be honest with you, when we start setting up all these conditions before we come to God, it shows that we don't really know it's God calling us. You know, when it's like, well, I got to know this. I often talk to people, I want to fully understand this before I come. Well, I'll help you with that to a point. But I'm telling you, you won't fully understand until you know Him. Amen? Amen? Remember Robert. Robert wanted to understand the Trinity, just a minor thing. He wanted to get cleared up before he came to Jesus. So we had several conversations about that and, 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 and answered that. That's a fair question. It's a legitimate question. It's a question that you'll never be able to fully understand. But finally, after going over it, I said, Robert, you just need to know Jesus. Let's accept Jesus and invite uh, Him into your life receive Him as your Savior, then this other will start making sense. You won't understand it, but you'll know God. And that's really what what you need to know. You don't need to understand all the intricacies of who God is. Those who believe in Christ reveal it by hearing the voice of the shepherd in, in the reading and preaching of the Word. They know the shepherd king, and they know His gospel. True sheep are gathered by hearing the gospel, and they know it is the voice of God in the Word of God. And so, you know, I don't know what that guy was saying, and I can't repeat it. But I know the gospel, and I can repeat it. I can call out the gospel during the week. I can share the gospel. And here's what I know. His sheep will hear the gospel, and they will come to the shepherd. Those who are Christ's own will accept those who declare His word according to His word. Look at 1 John 4. Turn to to, to 1 John. John wrote the Gospel of John, and then he wrote the book of Revelation, but he also wrote three epistles in the, in, in the back of your Bible. In 1 John chapter 4, I want to read a couple of verses, 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, because see, it's not just coming to Christ that his sheep hear his voice, it's Ongoing, As you are a part of His flock, you don't listen to anyone who doesn't exalt Jesus. Listen to John, uh, 1 John 4, look at verses 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets, or He could equally have said false shepherds, have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. In other words, when the preaching is right on Jesus, then it is a true shepherd or a true under-shepherd. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he... "...who is in you is greater than he who is in the world." They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. Now, look at verse 6. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Who? The apostles who are now in the Bible. Their teachings and their preaching is now for preserved and, 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 and inspired for us in the Bible. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of error. So those who are Christ's own will accept those who declare Him according to His Word. Those who are not Christ's own will reject those who deny, or I'm sorry, those who are Christ's own will reject those who deny Him or His Word. So the idea is this: when the gospel or the Word of God is preached. God's sheep, true sheep, hear the word and accept it. And those who do not hear the word, they flee. They run and they reject those who do not teach the Bible. And so that's why you got to know your Bible. True sheep know the Bible. They want to know the Bible. Look at uh, John 10 verse 5. that Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I don't know how to explain it except that as a sheep I know when I hear I can I can turn on the radio I can listen to a podcast and after a little bit of listening you just know in your spirit you know what this isn't of God this might be a great person I don't know where they're going into heaven that's what I don't need to know that but I can sense I know that this teaching there's something wacky here can't put my finger on it may not be able to explain it but I need to get my Bible out and he says, flee from that. Don't, don't listen to those that don't open their Bible. And they may start their uh, broadcast or their service swearing that the Bible is the great Bible and holding it up and saying all things about it. But if it doesn't get opened up in the rest of the broadcast or the rest of the sermon, flee, flee, run, run. True sheep. Don't just recognize the voice of the shepherd, but they relish hearing it. Now, you know, it was funny in that video. They came and they saw the guy videotaping, and they're like, "Nah, nah I'm, you know, I, you're not saying anything. You're not. You're not the shepherd. I'm not coming to you." They they just stayed with the shepherd. True sheep love to hear the word of God when it's spoken in the power of the Spirit. They long to hear the voice of the shepherd in the reading and the preaching of His Word. They come together on a consistent. They come together as a flock. To be fed by the good shepherd through the preaching and teaching of his under shepherds. Do you relish the word? Well, I prayed a prayer and I got saved in the way in the past. But I don't need church. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to read the Bible during the week. I, 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 I know I'm one of his sheep, but his sheep recognize his voice and relish hearing his voice. The true the proof that a sheep has recognized the voice of God and relishes hearing it is in number two, the second mark. The second mark is that not only you recognize and relish hearing it, but you respond to it when you hear it. True sheep respond to the good shepherd's call by entering through the right door and following him. Following him. So, you know, you can hear it, but if you don't respond to it, and that's what's powerful, I think, in that video that we saw is you know, it's 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 dark and it's, it's fog and they're up there in their mountains, and and you know, I don't know how many other sheep were up there. All we saw were the ones that what? Responded. Responded to what they heard. Look at verses 7 through 9. John 10, 7 through 9, it says, so Jesus. Again, said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And next week we'll see what that really means. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door if anyone enters by him. So you hear the voice and then he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. He will follow. Now, notice in your notes, those who are his sheep respond by believing in him. So what's the response of true sheep? They hear the gospel and they believe. And this is so powerfully taught for us when you study John 9 with John 10. Because in John 9, right before Jesus says in John 10, I am the good shepherd, you have this healing of this blind man. And he heals the blind man. And there's this long, drawn-out process of the false shepherds, the thieves and the robbers trying to beat on this poor sheep who's been blind from birth and here someone has given him sight and you're giving him a hard time? Well, that's what false shepherds do. And then here's how John 9 ends. Look at verse 35. John nine thirty-five. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. He had heard that there was a harassed and, and, and helpless sheep out there one of his own, and having found him, that's beautiful, he searched for him, he found him, and here's what he says. Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He doesn't say, It's me. He says, You've seen him. You've seen him, reminding him of what? Who gave you sight? And is he who is speaking to you. See, it's the response to the preaching of the gospel, even when that gospel is preached by the Son of God. It's the one who's speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And then look at what he did. And he worshiped him. He responded. He did. It's not just a belief that says, okay, tell me what to do and I'll do it and then I'm going to move on with my life. This is the, the greatest this is what's going on in our country, I truly believe. God is sifting through so many people. The, the troubles that are going to come in our country, the trials that are ahead of us, and, and, and they are ahead of us. They are on the horizon. They are around the corner. It is going to come. We cannot keep printing money. We cannot keep spending. We are way overdue. But we have a long-suffering God. And when those troubles come, God's going to use those to sift through those who've said, "Hey, I'll believe in what I've heard and then get on with my life." And God says, "No, this is not what you do. What you do is when you've heard my voice and when you believe in me, then then you 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 worship me and I become the focus of your life." And what that means is You follow me. Those who are his sheep respond by believing in him and by following him. He leads them out and they follow him. And Jesus says, you will follow me. Now, let me take you over to Mark 10. Go to Mark 10. Jesus healed another blind man in Mark 10. His name was Bartimaeus. And when you put these two blind men together you see what it really means to respond to the shepherd's voice. Look at John 10, 51 through 52. Throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately, he recovered his sight and did what? Followed him on the way. And if you know anything about Mark chapter 10, it's the way to the cross. He's headed to the cross. This Here you got two blind men who are lost sheep without a shepherd. Jesus finds them both, gives them sight. They hear his voice. They recognize his voice and believe and worship and follow him on the way. That is the—that's what sheep do. They follow. They relish his voice in this word, and they follow it perfectly. No, because if you go in John nine, there was all this process that the blind man had to go through. You know, he had mud, and there's a, there's a, there was a wild process that he came. And first, he saw people, and they looked like men like trees walking. And then Jesus did a little more. And the reason he did that, Jesus could have healed him immediately. But the reason Jesus took him for that, because it's a process coming to know Jesus. It's coming to know who he is. So when we say you relish his word and you follow him, this isn't perfectly. I haven't been perfect since I was 17 in following him, but I've made progress. I'm not sinless, but I've sinned less. I I know the direction I'm going to. I know where I go back to when I need Guidance in my daily walk. And that's one of the marks of his sheep. Now, when you recognize and respond, this isn't, this isn't cold and lifeless. Look at number three, the third characteristic of true sheep is they return the good shepherd's love. So this this recognizing and this relishing of of Jesus and of his voice and of his word, it's not cold and lifeless, it's emotional. They return the good shepherd's love. Look at verses 14 and 15 of John 10. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. Now this is important, I know my sheep. We love it when God loves us. And I am known by my own. God loves it when we love Him. How many of you love God, loving you? How many of you love that God is that gentle child? I love it that God loves me. How many of you like to hear that preached? Yeah, how many of you like to sing that? Oh, how He loves you and me. you realize that He loves being loved by you to the same degree with the same passion, with the same commitment that you want Him to love you? I mean, that's just a a boatload of theology in that statement. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my sheep. That's just really crazy stuff right there. We're supposed to know him not just as sheep, but as sons of the living God. Now, there's everyone here. Some of you may know your parents. Some of you may not know your parents. Some may wish you didn't know your parents. Some may have conflict with your parents. Some may still be waiting to hear the words, I love you, from a parent. And some of you may have lost parents that never said those words, and you're never going to hear those words. But the reality is this. That as the Father knows Jesus, Jesus knows you, and you can know Jesus and the Father. And that's just powerful stuff. This is the same love. To know is the same love that is between a husband and wife in physical intimacy. That kind of passion, that kind of joy, that's kind of total surrender of yourself, that total giving of yourself. So here's two hard questions for you. Okay, are you ready for a couple hard ones? Do I love Jesus with the same passion as a husband and wife share on their honeymoon? Do I love Jesus with the same passion as faithful lovers share after 50 years of marriage? How on fire are we for Jesus? How much do we love Him? What's your passion level? And through Jesus, am I enjoying the same privileges as a father and son enjoy? That kind of access, that kind of acceptance, that kind of running to him. You know, one of the saddest things about having your parents die is that that place you look to, that place you're comforted by is now gone. You can't ever go. to it. And you may not talk to them on a regular basis. That's not the point. They're there, though. They are a phone call away. And in, in the best scenario, someone who will always be in your corner, no matter how bad you mess up. And when your parents die, you just kind of realize it's the new normal is you're on your own. But as a child of God, you're not on your own. You never were, and you never have been, and you never will be. Isn't that good stuff? It's good stuff. True sheep understand that. It's a two-way relationship. Now, it's not just a love for the shepherd. It's a love for other sheep. Look at the fourth characteristic. The love of the sheep is not just vertical towards the good shepherd. It's also horizontal towards other sheep. Look at number four. True sheep relate with one flock and the one shepherd. True sheep gather with the one flock. They relate, they identify with the one flock and the one shepherd. Look at verse 16. John 10, verse 16. Some of the Pharisees said... Oh, I'm in John 9. John 10, 16. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. What is the fold? It's the people of Israel. So remember, you have this community sheepfold fold with one door. And it was the people of Israel, because remember, all these I am statements, he's he's saying when he's in the temple in the midst of worship, surrounded by the people of Israel. The only thing is not every Jewish person is born again. Not every Jewish person is a part of his fold. So you got, you know, you got the X's and O's in here and Jesus, he's come in there as the good shepherd. And he's calling out, I am the I am God. I am the God that you're looking for. I am the God of Israel, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And those that recognize his voice, relish it, respond to it, and he leads them out into a new sheepfold, which will be the church. And they identify with that sheepfold. And they come out of that, and they come out of Israel. And so, what he's saying is, I have other sheep who are not of this fold. Check mark. Okay. So these are all the Gentiles. They're not. They don't have access to where the Jews are in the temple. They're they're not of the people of Israel. They're they're uh, you know nowadays they're Americans and Polish and and Germans and every nationality. And He says I have not have so. As Tony Sullivan in Australia, or any one of our missionaries, are going around the gospel, they're sharing Jesus is the good shepherd, and those who are of his flock they hear. And so now you got who do we got. We'll make the X's. You see, see how that works? They re- so then they come together, and these. There's one big sheepfold, you know, the, the the universal church, but they gather in individual churches. I'm sorry, X's, whatever. So You got all these individuals? We're one of those. So when I meet someone who says, I'm a believer, hey, tell me about your church. Oh, yeah, 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 I've got it. You got a church? You go to? Yeah, I got a church. I mean, this happens scarily, and, and I feel bad because... It puts people on the spot. That's not. It's not meant that. Hey, you're a sheep. Great. Where's your sheepfold? Where's your church? Oh yeah, I've got church. Really? What's the name of it? Oh my gosh, it was sad. I mean, who was it? It Was some guy that was working on our something on our house, you know? Uh, uh, And I was like, oh man, he's on the spot. But hey, I'm sorry. You're you profess Christ. Where's your Where's your church? And then what are you doing in that church? How are you involved in that church? What's going on in that church? What are you doing? They relate. The other sheep and the one flock are future Gentile believers, you and me, and the church that won't be born until the day of Pentecost. Those who are Christ do not refuse to identify with him and his people. They're willing to count the cost. Now, this is what's interesting. The blind guy in John 9, the blind guy in John 9, here's what he had to give up to identify with the sh- good shepherd. Here's what he had to do it cost him his relationship with his parents his parents wanted to identify with this sheepfold more than with this shepherd and with their son as one of his sheep they said he's old enough to speak for his own he's on his they threw him under the bus they threw him under the bus because they're like we're not leaving this sheepfold It cost him his relationship with his parents because they didn't recognize the shepherd's voice and relish it. It cost him his relationship with his religious community. This is what he was cast out of. When you were cast out of that, you're on your own. And we can't understand that because we as Americans love to be on our own. Oh, you know, discipline me at the church. I'll go find another church and continue on my sinful lifestyle. You know, or I don't even need a church. I'm just independent, but... The way God created the people of Israel, the way he created humanity is to live in community. And so when you're cast out, this wasn't good. This was not good. And it cost him his relationship with his friends and neighbors who did not believe and follow Christ. It was costly to do this, but he did it. True sheep prove they love the shepherd by loving his sheep. Now, I've got all sorts of verses there. I've got all sorts of verses there. And you just take a look at 1 John. You know, 1 John's an interesting book. It ends by by telling you why he wrote it. In his 1 John, he says, I wrote that you may believe in him and may know that you believe in him. You could put it this way. I wrote this so that you sheep would know that you are truly his sheep, that you are found sheep. And then you know what he proceeds to do? He proceeds to say things like this. And this is the children of God, and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that you should love one another. He says things like this in verse uh, three fourteen. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. He then goes on and he says in 16 and 18, uh, By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And he also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us love in word and in tongue, not in word and tongue, but in deed and truth. It just goes on. Love one another as He gave us commandment. Beloved, let us love one another. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected. He who abides in love abides in God, and God in Him. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. I mean, it just... you, you Have you gotten a little puffed up in your Christianity? Read 1 John. I mean, just read those passages. Do I love others the way God has commanded me? The way he's loved me? Are you a true sheep? Well, how much do you love? Now, here's what you got to think. You think like I think. We all think the same because we're sinners and self-oriented. So I think, well, I love, and we rattle off all the people we love. But the people we rattle off are the people that are easy to love, right? I love people. I love all these people. And basically, they're people that what? Love me. That's not who he's talking about. He's talking about the true sheep who are unloving, who seemingly are downright unlovable. Some of those sheep you might be married to. Don't look. You might be married to. Some of those sheep might be, you may have given birth to some of those sheep. Some of those sheep might be sitting at the table with you, though they're not related to you, but they're part of this fold. I don't know. But I know this, those are the people you need to be thinking about. How do I love them? How do I love them? Do I love them? Do I love them in word and tongue or in deed and action? Man, this is is good stuff. Now, what happens when you get a bunch of sheep recognizing and relishing the shepherd's voice, responding to it, uh, returning his love to him, and relating to one another in love? You know what happens? Sheep get together and have more sheep. So that's the next characteristic. Number five, true sheep reproduce. True sheep reproduce. By this they will know that you are my disciples, how you love one another. True love among the brethren is what produces more sheep. Okay, so they reproduce the good shepherd's example. Here's what 1 John 2, 6 says. He who abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Now, we'll talk more about walking and and, and abiding in Him when we come to the the last uh, I am statement, I am the true vine. But you know why sheep, shepherds feed sheep? They feed sheep to breed sheep. Shepherds want to breed sheep. They feed sheep to breed sheep. Jesus called you, leads you, has you in this church to breed you to breed more like you so that as you become like him you will reproduce others who are like you now what happens when a bunch of sheep relate with one another and they reproduce well reproducing sheep can get scary following the shepherd can be risky right blind man shows us that not everybody's going to not everybody's going to do that when you come to Jesus or when you share Jesus right You ever been rejected? So what do you need? You need rest. That's the sixth characteristic. True sheep rest in the good shepherd's secure protection. Now, this is the focus of John 10, 28 through 30. Look at those last verses again. John 10, 28 through 30. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Now, what happens when you teach eternal security to goats? Look at verse 31. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. (laughs) Jesus answered, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? I I, I fed over 5,000. I've healed blind people, cripples. What are you? And And here's what they say. It's not for what you've done. It's what you just said. You said you were God. And he's like, and the problem is? Listen, following Jesus as his sheep is not always easy. It's not always popular, and it's increasingly less popular. And we are faced increasingly with choices. Am I willing to lose my job to testify of Jesus? Am I willing to lose my family to testify of Jesus? And I'm not talking about being idiots. Okay, I'm not talking about being idiots. I'm just talking about lovingly. Boldly sharing, this is where I stand on these issues because my shepherd's voice, I hear his voice. And so you need rest. And then number seven, the th- last characteristic is this. True sheep rejoice in the good shepherd's gift of life. Why is it worth following our good shepherd? Because ultimately, and we're studying this in our uh, our grow group, he's leading us to the new creation. He is leading us to the new creation where there will be abundant life. There will be resurrection power, resurrection life. Everything will be made new and there will be eternal life. And all will be new, and all will be made right. See, I can follow in the midst of wolves because it's all going to be made right. Listen, don't put your hopes in what's going on right now. You know, really, the most gracious thing God's going to do to our nation is knock all the props out. And you know why that's the most gracious thing? So we'll no longer put our hopes in a political party, so that we will no longer put our hopes in Wall Street, so we will no longer put our hopes in our jobs and in what we can do, and we'll start putting our hopes where it really lasts, in a life that's abundant, that's got power to to raise the dead, and correct all that's wrong. But listen, that's not going to happen until the good shepherd gathers his flock in the new creation and he gives them eternal life. Wow. So I end with this. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. Here's my blessing for you. Here's, Here's the last word. Now, may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Listen, you can follow him because he's working in you what is pleasing. Are you found? Are you following? That's the question. Let's pray. Father, we we're, we're humbled because we can't be true sheep without you at work in our lives. And so we pray that we've heard your voice, that there's none here who have not crossed the line from light from darkness to light, from death to life, from being lost to being found that we have heard your voice in the gospel and we have responded to you but lord more than that that we show the marks of true sheep and i don't know what pressures are going on and what trials or i know some of them i don't know all of them but i know this that you have the power you have the life and you have the joy that we're looking for may we follow you and put our hope and trust in You, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Follow Him this week.